Notes from the Upper West Side, a novel by Dan Wrench. Chapter 104, The Unforgivable Sin. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking... Here we go again with another Lord of All Tale digression, another invitation to pity the author because he thinks chicks owe him ass. Well, it didn't help that I need to be Lord of All Tale, but this was beyond the Lordness complex, or droit de seigneur complex, or whatever Fritz called it when he first diagnosed me. If I'd taken a second to think before erupting like Krakatoa, I probably wouldn't have said anything about Cammy and her Summerstock prick of convenience. I'd have gotten all sullen and clamped my jaw and gone home and hated them both. But I didn't. I shot my mouth off. It was a reflex. And the thing was, now I didn't feel like apologizing. I mean, for Christ's sake, this is a woman I've been trying to pop for weeks, and now I find out she's been fucking some estrogen-oozing boy sorting out the difference between his dick and an Xbox. You reached into this chimp twat's tidy whities and pulled out his larval schlong? I demanded. She gave me this look like she was trying to figure out what I really meant. Then it hit me. The unforgivable sin. I bet she framed her cunt at him. Jesus, you are some fucking asshole, dude. Thorpey said. Can you tell me how it's any of your business? I'm just curious, I said. She has to know more about cock than you do. Fuck you, Cammy said. Maybe we were just having fun, he said. Will you shut the fuck up, Winnie? She shouted. Jesus Christ. She was sobbing. Even Winthorpe was giving me this look like he was her older brother and really disappointed by my having needlessly offended her. I'm like, what the fuck happened? I left some bills on the table and split. So up until that day, I'd been really good about one thing. Keeping Parp out of the loop. Look it, I keep saying I can't stand the guy. Parp's the jackal, blah, blah, blah. So if it's true and I feel that way, then why do I run to him with every little thing? You know why. I told you way back. It's because Parp is the Darth Vader of Hell's Kitchen. Ask Libby. You go to Parp when you want to navigate a hard night in Satan's lower intestine where you ended up after a night of convivial drinks with the cheerful slut. Parp knows Satan's GI tract like he has it mapped out on parchment in the blood of murdered angels. But when you're trying to be a good member of the human race, you don't even like admitting you know guys like Parp. Guys who will gleefully help you betray every civilized yoke you've hung around your neck. Necessary yokes. The yokes that keep you from raping and slashing. So like I said, I was pretty good about keeping Parp in the dark about my recent calamities. I hadn't told him about the fiasco with Cammy at the roundabout, or what happened later with Fat Fern. But after the nightmare revelation at the Film Center Cafe, I really had to talk. 
And when I talk to Jessica, it's therapy. And how was I going to explain my chimp twat comment to her? She would struggle to avoid cringing and she would fail again. With Parp, I didn't even have to explain it. I think he invented the term chimp twat. So I called him up from the bus one night after my shift and started to tell him the whole sad tale. He laughed a couple times, of course, because he has no soul. When I told him Fat Fern offered to be my fuck pig, he got really silent. I was on the phone on the bus, so when he finally spoke, I couldn't hear much except mouth noise. But that noise sounded shocked. Wow, he said when I could hear words again. She really wanted to be your slave? She said pig. Same difference, he said. So she was going to go anywhere with you and be your whore? She said pig, I insisted. Then I said, but I couldn't go there. She's morbidly obese. Hence pig, he pronounced. Wasn't she sucking your cock every afternoon? That was different, I said. She was fully dressed for those encounters. I didn't have to contend with the sight of her enormous ass. I think what you're telling me is a load of Paul-esque horse shit, Harp said. In the first place, why can't you tell your fuck pig to keep her ass covered? And in the second place, who could possibly want to be your fuck pig? Again with that? This is a methodical inquiry, he said, an exercise in inductive reasoning. If there are women of any type dreaming of your cock, then there's something about them, something fundamental about them that I completely missed in a lifetime of prior investigation. You can't believe I'm attractive to women. Can you? I just sighed. Submitted for consideration. Cameron sees you as a father figure, he said. But why? Just because you're a geezer? Is it something in your personality I don't get? It can't be physical. Does she think you have money? Is it... He just went on that way, talking to himself more than to me and trying to get me to pitch to him why women don't run from me in revulsion. And what am I supposed to say to the guy? I was sitting there waiting for him to finish or pause and it dawned on me that he doesn't even hurt my feelings anymore. It's like he's flogging scar tissue. I just have to sit and take it and wait for him to get tired and then we can maybe move on with the conversation. Notes from the Upper West Side is a work of fiction. The people depicted in this work do not exist. Notes from the Upper West Side, copyright 2022, by Dan Redge.